I said that I thought that maybe some hockey players peaked at 25? Well, we had a guest on this week, and now I think I might have peaked at 25. <laughs> so welcome to the Samelnik in Life. My name is Poppy. And I'm Beata. And this is the podcast that nobody asked for, but everybody needs. As always, before beginning the episode, we would like to acknowledge that my half of this podcast is written and recorded on unceded and unsurrendered Mi'kmaq territory. Actually, part of it was also recorded on unceded and unsurrendered Algonquin territory. Um, To support your local Indigenous community, please consider donating to organizations who are providing essential care. So examples, if you are listening, if you are living in Ottawa, are the Ottawa Native Friendship Center, Wabano, and Minwashim Lodge. Yeah, this is like a very exciting week for multiple reasons. The first one is we made a Twitter account. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're having a lot of fun with it. It's, I think our jokes have been decent. Oh, I think it's very funny to be It's a great place for like, you know, shit posting about mascots that I don't necessarily want on my personal account. Like normally I would tweet it on my personal account, but now I can just be like, no, we'll put this on the Amelnikin account because like not everybody needs to see this. For a brief moment, I felt almost guilty because I was like oh no now I have no excuse to hold back anymore (laughs) but that's that makes it so great so you can find us on um on twitter at amelnik and life so that's exciting it is we should be excited (laughs) about is that we have an amazing guest on the podcast this week uh who is Ian Mendes Yeah, so um, this is going to be a pretty different episode from our usual thing. We had plans to come back in the new year with a like discussion of the World Juniors, Tim Stutzle. We were going to um, talk about who we think is going to get an ad on the Sens helmets this season, important <laughs> stuff like that, give our little season preview. Um, we were super excited to do this. And then a few days ago, I received a DM from Ian Mendez requesting to appear on this podcast. That's right. We don't ask people to appear on the podcast. If you want to be here, you have to ask us. (laughs) So basically, um, if you were not aware, Ian recently left, well, just this morning as we're recording this, it'll be yesterday by the time this goes up, announced that he is leaving TSN 1200 and writing instead for The Athletic. He is joining The Athletic. And he wanted to come on here to talk a bit about that and about diversity in the um, Ottawa, like, Sens media. So we, at first, we're considering, like, oh, we can have, like, our chat. We have, like, a regular episode, and then we'll have our chat with Ian Mendez at the end of it. Um, But we ended up talking for a while, and we thought we had enough content just from that. And um, we thought we, you know, we're going to get a lot of new listeners and stuff. Maybe we don't need to put the mascot minute right before our conversation with Ian Mendez. (laughs) So um, we are gonna record a mascot minute for our Patreons, our patrons. Um, And we know that this is two episodes in a row without a new mascot minute. We promise it's coming back. We know it's all you guys listen to, but um, we will be back with a vengeance with the next episode, we promise. And for all the people (laughs) who are here exclusively to hear stories about mascots, Ian does talk about mascots. Oh, there is a little bit of mascot content, um, just a tiny bit. So don't worry, we we are here for all Amalnikans. We've got you covered. Um, there's another <laughs> thing that we want to just talk about before we play the, um, the interview we did with Ian, or I guess the conversation we had with Ian, which is that there's going to be a really cool and very exciting fantasy hockey league, um, the Fraser Fantasy League, 
you can find it on Twitter as well um, at, let me just check the handle, at the Fraser League. Many of you probably know Brian Fraser either from the radio or you know him from Twitter or you know him from Sen's events and you probably know about his fight with leukemia. And so in his honor, there is this cool fantasy league. You get to play fantasy hockey. The only thing you have to do to enter is donate to Canadian Blood Services. So if you go to at the Fraser League on Twitter, you'll see everything and you can get your ass handed to you by us, which will be a privilege and a pleasure. And by and also kind of unlikely, but you know. <laughs> I mean that you will probably win if you get matched up against one of us, but you know, we'll try and we will shit talk. So it's worth it. <laughs> so um, with that out of the way, please enjoy our conversation with Ian Mendez. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So hello, everyone. We are here with a very special guest. Um, We have with us the former Ottawa Lynx mascot, who also happens to have covered the Sunders on Sportsnet, TSN 1200, and now The Athletic. It's Ian Mendez. Hi, Ian. How are you doing? Hey, listen, thanks so much. Uh, Thanks very much for for having me on. And and, and I love hearing this because I never heard my name and the word (laughs) athletic together before and now like today my uh my inbox is flooded with it so i uh i i'm appreciative to to join your show (laughs) that's great i feel like we need to mention that our friend matt bosteller predicted this um when we told him that you had an announcement and we're coming on the podcast and he told us that we had to say this oh yeah do do you have to owe owe him like a rotisserie chicken now or what's the the deal we'll ask we'll see i think he just wanted us to mention this on the podcast yeah All right, so um, let's get started uh, with our questions because I'm sure we have so much to talk about and I'm sure this will sort of, you know, become longer than we'd planned. So first of all, uh, we'd love to know, you know, why you decided to move over to The Athletic. Yeah, um, you know, it's uh, certainly, it's been a few months of uh, putting this together. um, And I feel like the thing that I feel really bad about is you know, Haley ended up moving on to kind of, you know, the dominoes fell and uh, just such a big fan of her work. But, um, you know, I think there's a great opportunity for her there. There was a good opportunity for me here. And um, I'll tell you what, see, I'm an old guy. See, the two of you are, you guys are the next generation of Sens fans. And I'm, oh, I just turned 44. Okay. So I'm at that point. I, I, I always tell people I'm the same age as Tom Brady and Zdeno Chara. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm old, but I'm not that old. But I, I think when you get to this point in your life, you end up kind of starting to look at yourself in the mirror and think like, wow, I, I'm like halfway through uh, my professional life. I'm halfway through maybe life in general. Are there some things that I want to accomplish? And the number one thing for me was being a writer. It's like, I love writing. I think writing is my uh, favorite medium to try and uh, express myself. And so when the opportunity came up and it was really like mid to late November, early December, when 
the ball got rolling on this and, and into, in, into just before the holidays, I, I was like, you know what, if I say no, when am I ever going to get another chance to go and be a full-time writer uh, in this day and age? So I jumped at it. I'm hoping it's the right move. It's, uh, it's certainly a gamble because I love my, uh, my time at uh, Bell Media and I think I had a pretty stable job there, but uh, I, I'm excited for, uh, for the switch. Sounds like Sense fans are excited to read your work too. Um, so yeah, making the switch from Bell Media, TSN to The Athletic, like what, what's going to change with your coverage? What can we expect? Well, I think, uh, you know, hopefully I, uh, you know, I want to come at this with a great degree of transparency and honesty and integrity. I, I think those are the three things that I've tried really hard to establish at, uh, at the radio station. And I'd like to, um, uh, you know, I'd like to, to, to be able to, to bring that over to the athletic. I think that's the one thing that I want to bring is that I think when, when people look to mainstream media, they want to connect with the people that are covering the team. And that, that's one of the one things that I want to try and make sure I'm, uh, I'm doing a really good job of. And whether or not they are subscribers to The Athletic or not, I want to make sure I'm connecting with Senators fans because I, and, and I wrote this in the, in the article today, my first article is, I think we in the media need to treat ourselves as if we were elected officials, okay? So if the Senators are, um, you know, what we cover, well, I got to be asking the questions that, that you want asked. And uh, I think that's going to be a big part of it for me is trying to hold some people to a degree of accountability, try and do it with a ton of uh, transparency and, and honesty. And, and I, I don't think you can ever go wrong. This is my theory in life, whether it's reporting or anything else. If you're an honest, transparent person, what do you have to worry about, right? There really shouldn't be anything to worry about. So that's, uh, I think, what I'm, I'm going to use as kind of the, the hallmarks for, uh, for how I cover the team. So I'm wondering in particular, um, because obviously over the last year, there's been so much new conversation happening within sports media, especially with the BLM movement um, over like 2020 and the Hockey Diversity Alliance being formed. And I'm wondering if this is something that like, A, has your opinion changed about, you know, whether or not we should be having these conversations and what conversations we should be having within sports media? And B, uh, is that something that you sort of aim to cover at your time at The Athletic? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know what, I think the one thing that 2020 kind of taught me was um, it's time for a lot of institutions to change. I think you know, especially in, in March, April, and May, and into June, um, whether it was Black Lives Matter, and you saw a lot of people starting to question, why are things the way they are? And we would see statues of uh, guys from the 1800s were being toppled, and they were being thrown into uh, rivers. And, and that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a good, it's, it's a good thing. And I, I, I've taken, in my opinion, the, the steps in the last couple of years to try and ask myself, like, what do I going to, what am I going to use my platform for? Am, am I going to be the guy that you think of that? Yeah. You know what? I want to hear what that guy thinks about the power play. Great. Well, there's a hundred people you can hear about talking about the power play. How many people are using their platform in the media to advocate for people? And, and this is where I think I've really grown as a reporter and as a host is um, feeling a little bit more empowered uh, to speak out. I think 2020 and BLM, um, certainly helped with that. It made me feel like there was a little bit more protection. There was, this was the first time, in my opinion, uh, that I felt like uh, white people and white colleagues and white men were starting to listen for a change. And it's important to me. And, and I think 
for me, and I, if you listen to me at all on the radio the last you know, four or five years, one of the things I tried to do is how can we bring women's voices onto the radio station? How do we, how do we make it sound differently? And if I don't advocate for women's voices on radio, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? Like, so that, that is absolutely part of the platform for me is um, making sure that we're advocating. Cause when you have the platform, don't waste it. Don't waste the platform. Um, advocate for people who don't look like you, who don't sound like you, and maybe they don't have the same values as you, but you should be fighting for that. And so that, um, that for me has been uh, certainly a priority. And I'd like to, to think that I can keep doing that uh, with, with, with The Athletic. Yeah, for sure. And um, you mentioned that you were starting a podcast with The Athletic, right? What's, uh, what can we expect from that podcast? <laughs> yeah, so I think the, the details are going to be coming out uh, in the next 48 hours. I think people are going to be super excited <laughs> about uh I, I'm, so i'm going to be doing two days a week so i think I, I don't know how many days a week the podcast is if it's going to be five days a week or whatever three whatever but i'm doing two days a week where i'm the host and you i promise you you are going to love <laughs> the two people that i'm uh, i'm paired with you'll love it so um uh, i think i just don't want to uh say anything and then all of a sudden the athletics like we told you not to say anything and i came <laughs> and i i blabbed it uh but i i promise you you're gonna love it and uh and I'm excited because I think it's the opportunity to talk about uh, NHL storylines and issues and things like that. And um, I really loved my time on radio. I really did. I thought it was a lot of fun and it's a very intimate medium to sort of speak for, for four hours. And, and I, I'll be honest with you, if I had to give it up completely, it would be sad. But knowing that there's a podcast component to this job is pretty exciting. That's cool. And yeah, like we were um, talking about, you know, diversity in, in sports media and stuff. And when Poppy and I were kind of talking about like what kind of, um, you know, talking points you would like to bring to this episode, we were kind of talking about how like, it's not even just that sports media is lacking diversity in terms of women and people of color. It's also like a lot of the coverage is very kind of dry I guess like or not necessarily dry but like it's a lot of the same stuff and like you said like it's it's very focused on like you know your opinion on the power play and all that so it's right. like it's exciting to hear people saying like actually we want to talk about more fun stuff more like the stuff that we talk about on this podcast right yeah exactly and I think I think now the uh sports fan and the consumer is much more uh, intelligent than they were 15 or 20 years ago. 15 or 20 years ago, the only place you could get coverage on the NHL was through the mainstream media. And now, and this is what I think is important. And this is why, I, listen, this is why uh, I'll be honest with you. I reached out to you to, I was like, hey, can I come on your show? Um, because I think it's important that we uh, highlight these types of podcasts and, and, and make people understand that there are a hundred different ways you can consume content in and around the Ottawa Senators. Don't be restricted to TSN and Sportsnet and Post Media and The Athletic. Get out there, get a wide range of coverage, and you're going to like the people that you like, and you're not going to like the people who you don't like, and that's fine. But don't think you're restricted to five people covering the team. Because if you think you are, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And there's so many people that have fun discussions, and I think you would probably both agree with me. Um, that it's a really weird time. I mean, maybe it's always been a weird time to be a Senators fan, but it's a weird time because you have a percentage of the fan base who is like, oh, I'm so excited. I want to get on the Stutzla 
bandwagon and here we go with the playoffs and right. And then you have the other half of the fans are like, well, we'll never win with this guy as the owner. And this like, like it's this very combustible mixture of emotions and passion. And um, you know, it, it comes out in, in all sorts of ways on social media. But I think what's great is if you want to be, I guess this would be my message to uh, the fans or, you know, people who listen to your podcast. If you want to be upbeat and fun and lively, listen to a podcast like this one. And if you want to be um, more focused on some of the more cynical negative things, that's fine. There's plenty of options for you. That's my point. It's, it's not a, you're not limited to five people covering the team. And I think it's really important that, and, and, and it's, it's incumbent on people like me to push that though. And, and, I, and I really do believe that podcasts and uh, bloggers and they make me better. You know why? Because I'm telling you, and you, you, people won't, people will think I'm being disingenuous. I'm telling you, the only difference between me and a lot of young people that are covering the team or watching the team, that's it. Like, I, I'm not a necessarily a more talented uh, person than anybody else. I just, I happen to get a bunch of breaks and uh, opportunities along the way. So I've always said, if I get those breaks and opportunities, I have to take that luck that I've received and try and redistribute it back to people, right? And so, and that's about helping out uh, podcasts like this one or all the other um, uh, podcasts and shows that are out there. But I, I'm a big believer that uh, podcasts and bloggers, um, I'm on the same level as you. Uh, and and I, I, I get really disappointed with mainstream media people who think that they're a cut above their audience. Because if you think you're above the audience, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. So that, that's always been my uh, theory. And I'm going to make sure I, uh, I, I push as many kind of some of these podcasts and young, talented writers that we have uh, covering this team. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to switch to something that's a little bit more serious, um, which is that as we were sort of um, Beata and I obviously had a bit of a conversation before talking to you and you had mentioned that you wanted to talk about sort of the diversity or lack thereof in sports media and um, while we were having this conversation a big thing that we sort of agreed on is that when you're a woman talking about the sands and there aren't many of us you have sort of pressure that um, you know you have to be really knowledgeable in a very specific way in order to prove that you're you know, um, that you're worthy, I guess, uh, of covering sports. So a lot of the time when people are talking about, you know, like diverse um, people covering the sends and we come up, we feel a little bit awkward because what we do, I mean, we talk about, you know, culture and politics a lot and that's what we're knowledgeable about, but we're not maybe the most knowledgeable about the stats or the game. And so um, what I was wondering is um, if you've noticed, maybe especially over the last year as a like non-white person covering hockey, have you ever experienced that where you've thought, oh, I really have to prove myself now? Yeah, like I think for sure, um, like I, I have an advantage over um, women in the field. Like I think, let, let's put it this way, if we had some sort of pyramid or a, uh, a chart, it would be kind of like straight white guys are at the top of the ladder. They don't have to prove themselves to anybody, right? They, they, have, they, they come with built-in 100%. That guy knows what he's talking about. Um, then it would be kind of people of color who are men like me. Then it would be below that would be women. And then below that, I would think would be women of color. If I, again, if I'm just trying to do this very uh, generally speaking. And I, I think what's important, one of the things I tried to do 
in uh, in my last year and a bit at uh, TSN Radio was, and I, I didn't, we didn't necessarily publicize this, but I, and I hope some people understood that I made it a mission to have as many women on my show as guests as possible. Laura Armstrong and Haley Salvian and Caitlin McGrath and, uh, you know, go through like regular guests on the show all the time because it sounds silly, but still need to normalize women's voices in sports media. It's so stupid. It's 2021, but here we are. And so it's important that we normalize it because there is a different standard and it's not right. Like if I get on TSN 1200 and I make a joke about Saved by the Bell or something, I can get away with it because people are like, oh yeah, that guy knows what you're talking about. If the two of you got on there and made some sort of pop culture joke, it wouldn't land the same way because they'd be like, oh, what are they talking about? Like it's it's a ridiculous double standard and it has to change. And then so I think it's important that uh, people understand, go back to my point from the last, uh, from our last little uh, part of the conversation. And that, and that is, I, I think it's really important that we consume sports in a way that brings us enjoyment. And so like, don't, don't go and listen to a podcast if uh, you don't like the host or you don't like the radio station. Like people used to write into the radio station and just eviscerate me, like get off my radio. You're the worst human being of all time. I'm like, okay, like there's this crazy thing called the channel changer and you can like, no one's forcing you to do anything. And what I think I'm really encouraged by though, and I think hopefully you would agree is that there's more kind of open-minded young people that are willing to like listen to different sounding podcasts and different thinking uh, about hockey and things like that. And so there's, there's a niche there now that I don't believe existed five years ago or even certainly 10 years ago. And, and I think what you have to do with your show and your, uh, your brand is target your audience, make sure you get, and it, maybe it might start with only 35 or 40 or 50 people listening on a certain day and then it, it, it but you're going to end up with a really loyal fan base that loves to hear and that loves to hear what you're you're doing and I think to me it's really important that we make sure in talk like this is one of the things that I'm, I'm disappointed in is that I'd love it if uh, TSN 1200 could bring back uh, Michaela Schreider uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Shyla Arnor we're doing a show that's what she said um, mm-hmm. we need to have that every day like to be honest we, we need to have that every day and we don't need to have women's voices come on the radio and have it be arresting and people be like whoa whoa she's like it's 2021 guys let's let's get the ball rolling here but yeah and it comes down to like what we were talking about about like needing to have you know not just like one podcast with women right like having a, a wide array like i I mean, I've been writing for Silver 7 for, I think, about four years, almost to the day now. Um, And, you know, I've noticed a shift in, like, how people have responded to me, which has been really good. But I've also noticed a lot of, like, oh, you know, I just don't, like, I would get a lot of negative feedback that felt, like, slightly gendered. But then people would be like, oh, why can't you be more, like, you know, Michaela or someone else? Like, I don't want to call out Michaela here. (laughs) She's wonderful. But, like, you know, there's a lot of, like... 
um, you know, I can't be sexist because I like this one woman in sports, right? And this like, you know, you have to fit this exact um, model. If I can go full like gender studies student here, misogyny is often about like separating between the good women and the bad women, right? And saying like, I don't hate all women. I just like, I would respect you if you were exactly like this very specific um, model I of women, right? <laughs> I definitely agree with the fact that um, in some ways misogyny in sports media is just the way that you're expected to report on sports. And I feel like the NHL is unfortunately kind of behind the curve in a lot of ways in that um, there's sort of this weird trend of not wanting hockey players to have personalities really, and also not wanting to kind of um, be outside of the box when you're talking about hockey in general anything that's considered silly or funny is only silly or funny if it happens within a very specific box mm -hmm. which is you know kind of frustrating but I also think as um, Beata pointed out is in itself slightly gendered because you know talking about silly stuff like uh, what fits are the players wearing to the game or um, which, you know, can be interesting, or talking about politics or talking about culture, it is always considered something that's, you know, not traditional sports media, even though it could be. And I also have to point out here, Ian, you wrote my favorite piece of all time, which is when you wrote an <laughs> entire article about Vodka's thighs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. like referenced this for the past God knows how long. <laughs> And that's the kind of thing that's outside of the box and it's funny, but it doesn't happen enough. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's just it. Like we, we need to get to a point where we um, are okay with like, like, I don't know about, but, but to you, don't you get just tired of uh, here are the senator's line combinations today. And I'd like to see Tim <laughs> Stutzler play, but like, who cares? Like what if Tim Stutzler, I, I would rather read, a long form story of why he tapes the stick the way he does than I would about, uh, you know, who is, who, who he might potentially play with, but that's just me. And I think, I think what, and this is what I think Haley Salvian did an amazing job of human interest stories, write the stories that like, like she did a wonder, I, I, I mean, she did a lot of great pieces, but I, you know, she, she sat down with Mark Borowiecki and I felt like that's what people want. They want to, you want to relate to your athletes, right? Like you want to relate, like you don't, and, and again, there's going to be some, some, some people that uh, don't want that. They just want the, the, the stats and the coursey and the, and, and that's fine. You can have that, but there's this great little area and you're a hundred percent right when you say it's too tight of a box. Like it's just like, you got to be in this tiny little box and um, you know, you, um, you gotta, you, you gotta fit in that. And so um, another, you know, I'll be honest with you too, like another reason why I, uh, I reached out to you to ask to come on is uh, what I wanna do is figure out, okay, I think I've done a pretty good job of trying to um, use my platform at the radio station to kind of amplify women's voices. I, that, I made that a priority. My question to both of you is now, what do I do now? And, and, I, and I talked about this that, hey, listen, I want, but I want to hear from both of you. If you had a list of things you would tell a mainstream media guy, I wish you did this better. I wish you did that better. What would it be? Um, I think a big thing that we talked about before is that um, what I would love to see in mainstream media is not 
text the story about hockey culture popping up when something happens the story about race relations and what happening you know when something happens there's always this like moment in in sports media it seems that you know once a year once every few months suddenly everybody's going like oh shit i have to write about this and there's no continuous reporting on certain topics i feel like it should just be part of the regular stories the news should constantly you know pick up on these things pick up on developments um something sort of like i was looking into recently was um you know that they just filed new affidavits in the in the claim that um Dan Carcillo is doing against the CHL in terms of like the extreme hazing and TSN did cover this which was like great but that kind of thing you know needs to be followed up constantly and constantly and constantly because it's such a huge part of the culture and yet we love to shove that aside and forget it until something really terrible happens and then we're like oh no who would have thought well really everyone would have thought to be honest you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's like it's also hard to say like what can one person do to change it right because we found that a lot of the the issues with the mainstream media is that like there just aren't people who are qualified to talk about this right like during the summer like you said there were a lot of like um white hockey reporters talking about BLM and it was like you know it's great that they're doing that but like the people that I follow on Twitter the people who are like doing anti-racism work in hockey like we're much more qualified to talk about that kind of stuff. And it kind of felt like these, it was a lot of white dudes being like, racism, it's a thing. Wow, I just realized this, right? (laughs) And like, you know, you kind of, there's a need in sports media, I find for people who are actually educated about this topic, who actually know how to talk about it. And so that when stuff like what happened last summer happens, you have people who can like step up and and talk about it right and like you had a great like podcast episode about it like (laughs) you know again like it's it's more than just one person it's like you need people who are qualified to talk about that right yeah no and I think that that is going to be the challenge for example at you know the the radio station now that I've left it is it is it's all uh, straight white guys are back on 1200 and and so I that's a that's a perception that they're going to have to battle. I think the one thing is, I think uh, they're much more open-minded now and progressive now than they were before I got there. And I'm not, listen, I'm not taking the credit. I'm not saying I went in and I changed the culture by any stretch, but I do, I do think I helped. And I do think that there was like naturally society has moved in that direction. And I think that the guys that are there now, are much more open-minded about talking about this stuff. But I, I think for a lot of the, the, the white guys in, in hockey media, and I'll use my 12 TSN 1200, um, I guess, ex-colleagues now as, a, as an example, I think there's a real feeling of like, they don't know how to be an ally. They don't know how to help because they feel disingenuous. Like if, if they, like, I remember when all the Black Lives Matter stuff came out, or even when it was Colin Kaepernick, and I was like the only guy at the station who was like hundred percent behind Kaepernick and everyone else was like, well, I just kind of wish he, he found a different way to protest. I'm like, Oh my God, like this is, and this was like 2016, right. Or whatever with 2017. And it came around and, and a lot of them have come around and like, ah, you know what? I think I was wrong. And, but they just don't know how to say it. And they don't, don't know how to be an ally. And I think that's one of the things I, you know, I'd like to work on. And it's with, it's with people like you is, 
and maybe this is us just uh, workshopping it here. You know what would be great is if we did, like maybe we do it as a Zoom call or whatever, and we, we invite all of the po- people who are bloggers and podcasters with the senators, and we say, listen, we want to do a little diversity inclusion or whatever. And like, we talk about this as a group because you know what? We're a group. This is the Ottawa media and that includes the podcasters. How do we make this a more inclusive environment? And I wonder if we had a conversation with our bigger group that we could help educate some of our, some of our colleagues. And I think if we use education as the tool rather than, I think sometimes what happens is we love to catch people on Twitter and be like, aha, I caught you. I knew you were racist or whatever. And like, okay, like, I guess, but what's even more rewarding is to, to, to take a moment and maybe educate somebody. And um, I'll be the first to admit, I don't think I was really properly educated on gender issues five years ago. I took the time to, uh, to, to read some articles and to, to speak with, to women in sports and, and I feel better now. But I, there's no shame in admitting that you're not educated about something. The shame comes for me when you're uneducated, but then you refuse to be educated. Like to me, that's ignorance. And then that's the road that leads you down to misogyny and racism and, you know, homophobia and all those things. So uh, what I would love to do, and uh, now I feel like I've trapped you in like a timeshare meeting where I'm like, actually the reason why I've got you here is I, I really do want to think about at some point in the next month or two, can we set up a Zoom call, all of the podcasters and bloggers and hey, listen, if some MSM, People want to join in, they join in. And we have a really frank, open discussion of how we can make this a better atmosphere for women, for minorities, for people who may have a, a different, uh, identify different like, with a different sexual orientation, whatever it is, like whatever it is we can do. I want to listen to people and I want to help uh, kind of make this a better place. So maybe we can we can shoot at, uh, at doing that at some point in the next you know, month or two after the season starts. Yeah, I like, I definitely used to do a lot of the like dunking on people on Twitter. It was a while ago, (laughs) I moved on from that. But like in, I guess I've gotten like slightly older and and more educated about stuff. And I've, I've definitely moved more towards the like calmly educating people angle, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect everyone to take that. I understand that like, it's, you know, not everyone, it's not fair to like expect everyone to be really calm about that kind of stuff um but um like I was even talking to Poppy about how like it's like I've had like a really good reception from like the Silver 7 community and from the Sense blogger community and stuff whenever I've talked about this stuff um but as you said it's a lot of people like just not feeling like they're very well educated right and um it's definitely like it highlights the need for more diverse voices like Poppy and I were talking about how it's kind of sad that like we're the one like quote unquote diverse podcast and like we're two white ladies right and like yeah. on silver seven I was the one writing a lot of the stuff about like anti-racism in hockey because I was like fairly well educated on the topic but it always felt very weird because it was like oh like you know like I am <laughs> we're mostly white here we're all like non-black on this like writing yeah. team and it feels weird that like even though I'm maybe like the most qualified to talk about it that I'm the one doing it right I think there's like so much value in those conversations and I think you have a really good point there like uh Beata and I both well I have a social science degree Beata is almost there (laughs) and so we're used to talking about you know like 
um, sociocultural sort of uh, models and and traditions and and just this like weird culture that goes through everything and and hockey can be this like very specific um, cultural phenomenon that that sort of goes through everything that that we experience both as fans but also that I think players experience right so um, Beata and I are like really used to talking about this we're really used to reading about it and um, I think it's like amazing there's so many people out there who've done incredible work writing about sports culture especially about the NAL um, and writing about you know the politics and, and culture within hockey and so obviously because that's something we're interested in we've discussed this a lot but we've especially over the last year I think I've noticed a lot that I'm having conversations with friends where someone is saying hey can we discuss this I'm not entirely sure you know what this means or how this works but then also I'm having conversations where I'm saying like hey maybe I'm not the number one person mm -hmm. to talk about this specific topic like maybe I'm not knowledgeable enough or maybe I just feel like this is outside of my comfort zone mm -hmm. and so what we are constantly sort of trying to do is highlight the voices of more diverse um, writers and podcasters as well and just like what's actually happening in the world. I mean, Beata and I have this thing where we will regularly sort of give people updates about what people are doing on Algonquin and Mi'kmaq territory in terms of indigenous activism, just because that's where we live. That's where, you know, we do all of this. So why not, you know, just share some info with people who are listening because a lot of the time people do care if they hear it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh... I think that's just it. As much as it is, let's be honest, it is fun dunking on people on uh, on Twitter. <laughs> but uh, I think I think there's a there's a, a better way to kind of try and uh, do this. So I'm I'm hoping, yeah, we can uh, we can collaborate on something and and you know make uh, make the Ottawa kind of blogger podcasting community a little bit uh, a little bit more diverse and certainly feeling a little bit more empowered. I think that that can be sort of like the beauty of sports as well. You know, on the one hand. Um, hockey culture can be very like weird and icy. I mean, Beata and I met because we were bullied in a hockey Facebook group. <laughs> and that's how we became friends. Um, but on the other hand, it can also be something that creates like incredible bonds. I mean, I think that is something that we're like experiencing on that I personally have experienced a lot over the last two to three years and has like enriched my personal life. Um, it's just you know, we really need to start working on those human connections more. And we really need to consider people our peers and also just like fellow fans and fellow people and like have these conversations. And that's sort of refreshing. It's starting to come into a lot of the sports media. Uh, and I think that I get, you know, we're, you refer to us as like the younger generation, <laughs> but I have so much hope looking at like what the teens are posting because that is such a diverse group of kids and they're doing like ridiculous stuff. I'm constantly seeing like fan cams on Twitter and like <laughs> them using TikTok and, you know, just like ridiculous and creative and fun ways to connect. And that is so much more of a diverse crowd and a funny crowd and a smart crowd as well. And seeing that sort of come up has been really refreshing and good. 
I think the teens are doing great, to be honest. <laughs> well, a bit of um, hockey culture history that you two might not be aware of is um, hockey got like really, really popular on Tumblr a few years ago um, because there was this webcomic called Check Please. It was about like gay hockey players and it just like blew up on Tumblr and people who knew nothing about hockey were um, getting into it. And it part of like the the appeal of the comic was that it like explained hockey culture in a way, right? Or like explained hockey to people. Um, yeah. And a lot of people ended up like discovering, like actually getting into hockey because of that. Or um, there's a thriving hockey real person fan fiction community um, <laughs> that I'm not really a part of, but I've heard about it, right? So there's like this, there's been this influx of fans who came from like Tumblr, from like fan spaces that are not geared toward hockey. Um, that hasn't even been happening in other sports necessarily and I find it funny that like well it's not it's not necessarily surprising that like the NHL has sort of um, ignored that and not embraced it but I think that that's kind of a, a missed opportunity because there's this, this huge influx of fans who are coming into hockey culture and then realizing that like hockey culture hates them. <laughs> yeah no hockey you're right hockey is still you know so much further behind uh, you know whether it's uh basketball or some of the other sports that, um, you know, it, it is in many ways, it's the least diverse of the major sports. And it's, it's, you know, it's incumbent on us to, to push that forward. I, I definitely think that the, um, the, the space is more open to it now than it was, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago. And, you know, mm -hmm. fingers crossed, let's, uh, yeah. let's start knocking down some walls here. Um, I feel like I should ask, though, obviously, you asked our opinion about what yeah. should be done differently in the mainstream media but I'm also interested in um what you would want to be happening within sort of like the fan base and the blogosphere kind of you know what you would like to see more of what you would like to I guess see us do <laughs> <laughs> yeah I you know what I think look I I, I have the utmost respect for any, anybody who is stuck with this franchise the last three years deserves some sort of recognition and a medal because it, it's been tough, right? It's been tough uh, when you wear your Senator's shirt down the street or a hat and it, it's just inviting uh, comments the last three years, it's been really tough. And so I'm, I'm all for well, you do you. So if you, if you're just angry and bitter and whatever, Hey, go have at it. But I, I don't think that that's all sports fans. I think there's a lot of fans that, um, um, you know, look at this Ottawa Senators team right now, and they're excited about it, right? So I'm, I'm kind of thinking, you know, if I had not advice or whatever, but if I had to look at this from a fan's perspective, I would say, you know, you, you can be simultaneously optimistic about the team on the ice and some of the prospects while also being um, cautious about some of the directions that the organization or decisions the organization has made. Like, Stuff can be two things. Like it's, stuff doesn't only have to be one thing. Like you can you can be simultaneously optimistic and pessimistic. It's okay. Like you can you can compartmentalize your feelings. You can you can have certain feelings about the uh, ownership and the management and the front office here, but you can you can also just love Tim Stutzla. Like it's okay. Like you don't have to choose. Like you know, I think that's that's what I would love to see. Is that I think th th there's a real feeling with the fan base. It's either like either you're with uh, uh, Melnick out or you're not. It's like, well, no, like I, I, I can, I can do whatever I want. I, I don't think we have a big enough fan base here in Ottawa to start becoming fragmented and choosy. 
You know, mm-hmm. like I think we need to rally. I guess this is my point too. We need to rally the troops here. We need to, everybody needs to get on the same page and say, look, we all love the Ottawa senators. We all want to see them do well. There's nobody, even if you're on firmly on, you know, that, that Melnick out bandwagon, you're on that bandwagon because you love the team. You're not on the bandwagon because you hate the team. You're on it because you love it. And we need, I think, to figure out how do we find that common ground of um, loves the senators, but they just love it in a different way. And I, I, I do worry that the fan base is so small. We're not Toronto and we're not even Vancouver. We're a small city and we have a small fan base. And w- w- once we start fragmenting into little groups, we, there's not enough of us in this mm-hmm. town to, to survive. So I think we got to find a way um, to kind of find some common ground. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Um, do you think that because we are such a small fan base and we do tend to have a lot of infighting, do you think that sort of reflects within the media not just the mainstream media but like the blogging media as well in ottawa i mean i think we've got like a ton of blogs a ton of podcasts a ton of people engaging in hockey and from our perspective personally i think we do notice the sort of infighting among the camps a lot um especially among the blogs i was wondering if that sort of like seeps over into the mainstream media as well or if that's you know (laughs) the people (laughs) Yeah, no, I think for sure there's there's probably all sorts like uh, yeah, there's uh, certainly uh, fractures I think in the relationships between members of the mainstream media for sure. Like I, I don't think um, that's exclusive just to uh, to bloggers. I think there's uh, there's lots of you know sort of infighting and drama and all that stuff that probably fans would love to grab a big bag of popcorn and see wow what the what the media <laughs> really thinks of each other uh, and you know so I. I I just, you know what, I think, so, what's it going to be like almost 300 days since we've had a game? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. oh my gosh, I just, I'm, I, I'm just dying for some games and maybe that's what we need too. Maybe we've just had too much idle time as Sens fans to sit around and nitpick uh, things. I, I'm super excited for, uh, for games here. I feel like it'll either get much better or much worse. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's... Um... I think I think it's an exciting time in some ways because we have had a lot of conversations that maybe people wouldn't have just because there's no games like there's nothing else to talk about so I think it can you know swing both ways as well um so yeah. go ahead. I was gonna say I think that there have been different approaches to it too um that I've noticed in the media and also like from talking to my friends where some people have been focusing really hard on like prospects and stuff. Whereas Poppy and I have been focusing more on like hockey culture. Um, And that has also kind of, I think contributed to the response to different types of media. Like we get a lot of um, kind of anger that we're not covering prospects. And it's like, well, (laughs) you know, that's not really what we're into. Once the games start, we'll have like cool conversations about the games, but like, that's not our, our specialty. And like, I think people get tired of like the constant hockey culture conversation just as I think some people get tired of the constant like prospects yeah <laughs> totally yeah totally I think there's so many like and that's the thing like especially once the games start I think it's been so long since we've had any games I think this is gonna be a fun year too like with all the Canadian teams like it feels like a year where we can maybe have some fun and I, I don't know what if you think it's better that they make the playoffs and have some fun or they finish at the bottom and have another pick but I kind of feel like this is kind of a win-win year for mm-hmm. Like if they somehow make the playoffs and go on like this magic carpet ride, then we're all going to have some fun. But if it's another bad year, they're at the bottom. Okay, well, you know what? Like 
another top five pick is coming and then they better make the playoffs next year. Like, I feel like there's lots of angles and ways that we can actually have some fun talking about this team this year. Oh yeah. And like, I can't yeah, I wait to write a recap of a Kachuk versus Kachuk game. Like I've got, I've got jokes written down for each team that we're playing. Like this is going to be so much fun. No, even if we get like blown out 10, nothing every night, like I, I will be firing off those <laughs> jokes and I cannot wait. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, there's not, I think there's nine times the, the Kachuk brothers will play each other. Something so. like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've got like so many Sens um, Leafs games that are just one after the other. That's going to be insanely <laughs> fun. Because yeah. there's just something so beautiful about like an intense team rivalry. Um, <laughs> it's such, such a wonderful experience. Okay, so um, I think we're going to, you know, slowly wrap this up. But um, we uh, wanted to ask you, because we are currently getting ready for the um, Fraser Extravaganza um, Fantasy Hockey League, which is yes. um, a fantasy hockey league. Yeah, we're, we're raising money for the Canadian Blood Services in honor of Brian Fraser. And we were wondering, who is like the top player that you think everybody should be picking for their fantasy team this year? See, I got see, I got the invite. I gotta, I gotta jump in on this pool too. So I don't know if I should be giving. But the way that this pool is <laughs> gonna work is we could, like, in theory, we could have the same team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could. There's no. Yeah. So, boy, it's gonna. It's a tricky one because the obvious answer seems like it's McDavid, isn't it? Like, like who wouldn't mm-hmm. just take McDavid? Like uh, that would just be me. But I, boy, I don't know. Like this is also a pretty tough division. Like there's part of me, although I mean. Like, I don't know what Tampa Bay is like, but that, that to me is a super weak division where I could see Tampa Bay rolling up wins. Like, I don't know. Would you take Braden point at the top? I I'd be scared. I, I would go McDavid. Like I like probably like I nine make games sure I... against the Sens. Yeah, they're, they're exactly. That might be 20 <laughs> points uh, right there or 25. Like it's, it's true. Like you have to start to look at that thing. Right. So I think I would go McDavid first pick but i okay. i just don't see i mean mckinnon's not a bad pick either right mm-hmm. no i see i see you're a logic guy beata and i are a bit of wild cards when it comes to fantasy hockey and we're <laughs> terrible at it so you'll be very happy when you're playing against us because i just pick players that i think look nice um <laughs> i've been picking brassard as my top pick for years now <laughs> uh, last time i did fantasy hockey i like black i like blocked i don't remember what the exact word is like blacklisted every single player with like any kind of like domestic violence um accusations which was a lot of them <laughs> it's just like only good only good people on my hockey team um and that was a different format where we were drafting like at the nhl draft um it didn't work out well <laughs> it didn't work out well it didn't work out well when you took mark borvietsky with your first pick yeah exactly uh, yeah. <laughs> But see, that's what that's that's our tactic because I love to think that maybe at some point Kamo will come and all these players are gonna have career seasons, all of these nice men. I was <laughs> like, look, t- we've got character on my team. Like, isn't that all that okay. matters? <laughs> you know what we should do? We should have a pool where it's only uh you can only pick from a pool of players who have like uh said that they're they're, they're, they're on board with Black Lives Matter or they're on board with <laughs> rainbow um, tape. <laughs> uh, Keep track. Hockey, hockey is for everyone, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, it wouldn't be that. Uh, it's not a big enough list, but wouldn't that be fun? Like you, <laughs> yeah. you maybe you only have to pick amongst 40 players in the league or whatever, but 
uh, at least you'd be like, um, you know, you wouldn't have to worry about the, the, the players you're, you're picking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems so silly to be like picky about your fantasy team, but I think it's just such a fun sort of pastime to play fantasy hockey and mm-hmm. like, you know, you can go crazy with it. I do respect that you're just going to pick McDavid. That's fine. I'm still going to be picking. You, I know, you're calling me, you're, you're calling me, you're low key calling me boring. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but maybe you'll win. Here's the thing. I'm not even playing to win at this point. <laughs> I'm just playing to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we have one final question that we wanted to yeah. ask you before we wrapped up. Um, okay. So I, I introduced you as the former Ottawa Lynx mascot and you yes. did not react to that. <laughs> but we, when we told our friends that we were interviewing you on the podcast, many people sent us screenshots of your Wikipedia page where it says that you were briefly, I think for two games, the, the mascot for the Ottawa Lynx. What is that like? Uh, so it was uh, not even two games. It was two times I was the mascot. One time I was uh, uh, that I was working in the media relations department of the Lynx, and they asked me. I don't know where it was. Lenny the Lynx was the character, and Lenny had left the stadium, but they needed somebody to race a kid around the bases <laughs> in the fifth inning. And you know they were like, "Okay, you gotta you gotta get out to a lead, but then you let the kid win." I'm like, "Okay," so I did it. No problem. I'm like. You know, I was 21 years old and fresh out of uh, university. And um, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll put on a cat costume. No problem. <laughs> the time that it was really crazy for me, though, was uh, it was the Santa Claus parade in like 1999. Okay. <laughs> so I know you guys are laughing because either you were just born or you were kid or not even born. I don't, don't even I tell me. Alive. I was alive. <laughs> don't even. I was a baby. <laughs> don't even tell me. I was a child. Uh, I could walk and talk. It's okay. <laughs> I could not. <laughs> so I, I'm looking. I'm looking at this, thinking this is weird. They came to me just before Christmas time, and they're like, "Listen, the guy who plays Lenny the Lynx doesn't want to be part of the Christmas parade because it doesn't. I think. I, I think he was either Muslim or anyway, he had a different religious background, and he said, I." I'm not comfortable being in the Santa Claus parade. I'm like, okay, I get that. They're like, and I don't know, I still look back to this day and I'm not sure, is this an insult or a compliment when they came to me and I was like the natural body fit for the mascot. (laughs) So they asked me to be the mascot. And so I had to, they told me, listen, you're going to get to city hall and you're going to ride. There's going to be a fire truck from Gloucester. You're just going to jump on the side of it and you're going to ride down uh, Laurier to bank, bank to Lansdowne. I'm like, yeah, no problem. No one's going to know it's me. I get there, and wouldn't you know it, my fire truck doesn't show up. Oh, no. I had to walk from City Hall, which is for people who, who may not know. So Elgin and Laurier, walk up Laurier to bank, then make a left turn on bank and walk through to the Glebe. <laughs> wearing a cat costume with, like, cartoon shoes. <laughs> It was, it was terrible. I was like swearing under my breath, waving at these kids. Oh boy. So yes, I have been a mascot. I don't think I've put on a mascot costume since. I could be wrong, but I don't think I've been a mascot at any point uh, since I was Lenny the Lynx at the Christmas parade. Well, you've really done it all then, right? You've been on yeah. TV, you've been on the radio, you've been a writer, you've been a mascot. <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, yeah, it's the, it's the career, uh, it's the career of Mount Rushmore right there. <laughs> Did you ever 
experienced like a weird mascot moment in your time covering the Sens? Like has Spartacat ever tripped you or something like that? Um, you know, I had this, this is, this is gonna sound really weird, but back when Ottawa, and I was doing TV. So Ottawa, if you recall, now, now definitely you would have been alive for this. Uh, and, and remember, so Ottawa, you remember, like Ottawa used to play Pittsburgh in the playoffs like every year, like 07, <laughs> yeah. 08, 2010, 2013. And for whatever reason, Iceberg, the mascot in Pittsburgh, <laughs> he recognized me and he had like this running gag where like I was doing live hit and he'd come over and like, you know, he'd grab my head and like he'd come and he'd like point at me and he'd like do the throat, uh, you know, slash the throat gesture. Like he said, I, I don't know. Like it was a weird thing, but I had a, I had this like weird bromance with Iceberg, the mascot from uh, from Pittsburgh when I used to travel and uh, and cover the team. But that that would be about the extent of me and uh, mascots. No, that's an amazing story. I feel like mascots, the people in the mascots, must be absolutely wild. <laughs> so that's a that's a good story. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking to us. Yeah, you bet. Listen, my uh, my pleasure. And like I said, we should uh, figure out a day where we can uh, we can connect with some some podcasters and bloggers and writers mm -hmm. and say like, hey, how do we how do we collaborate more as a group and just kind of share some frustrations? Because I think what would happen is we, we're going to realize we have some shared frustrations and maybe there's some mm -hmm. there's some solutions there for uh, for all of us. Definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. And I appreciate that you came on our podcast to pitch your idea. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. I haven't done any. I said I wasn't going to do any other podcast today <laughs> except yours. So there you go. We're so honored. Um, I guess so I'm, I'm assuming all of our listeners uh, know where to find you. Um, but do you want to <laughs> drop the um, Twitter handles, links where we can, can find your content? Yeah, it's, it's a good thing that I'm not one of those people that, uh, you know, I remember when I worked at Sportsnet, they tried really hard to push us into adding Sportsnet into our Twitter handle, mm. and I didn't do it. And then the TSN was the same way. I'm like, man, it's a good thing I don't. I, I seem to be moving jobs yeah. all the time. I better, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, for me, it's Ian or with an S, like Sean Mendes. So okay. um, uh, the funny thing is, when I and I signed up for Twitter pretty early on, it was like 2008 or 2009. Uh, and already my name was gone. Like I, I had to add the underscore <laughs> in there. That's where you can find me. Ian underscore Mendez. Or, uh, and then obviously all my stuff's going to be up at, uh, at The Athletic here starting, uh, starting this week. Sounds That's great. Awesome. All right. So thank you for listening to This Amelnican Life. You can find us on Twitter at Amelnican Life um, for our joint account. Or my personal account is at CBiata E. And mine is at coolcatmum that's mum with a u you can also email us at thisamelnikanlife at gmail.com and the music this week was gladstone avenue by fisher park off the bytown tapes i'm really stoked about the bytown tapes so i hope uh you are too um you'll be able to find the link for that in the show notes as well as the link to the um fantasy pool our logo is by Lena Novi and Angus Fitzgerald Clark. For bonus content, please find us at patreon.com slash thisamelnikinlife. You can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, please rate and review us on iTunes. I think at the moment, the only iTunes review that mentions us is a really mean one. So like, <laughs> but please say, I love this Amelnikin life or, you know, I, I love the mascot minute. That's my favorite part. Um, <laughs> I did see it and it did sting a little, so. <laughs> <laughs>
you so bye bye love you See you.